All right, thank you for joining us on the RP Experience. I'm your host, Andrew Regenhardt, and today we have Dean Shackley, one of our top producing agents locally. So welcome. Thank you, Andrew. So Dean is actually a top producing agent here uh, in the Southwest Florida area. He's a realtor with uh, Kane Luxury Team at Keller Williams. Before moving to Florida, uh, Dean actually worked 15 years in the construction, sales, and management. Uh, he had always dreamt of a career in real estate and decided to relocate to Naples with his family. Uh, and actually, with 2021 being his first year in business, he has already closed an impressive $14 million. So, Dean, congratulations on that. That, um, you know, a lot of agents that are listening right now would, would only, you know, die, literally dreamt of closing those kind of volumes so congratulations and we're going to talk about how you did it uh here through the podcast so we're excited thank you yeah. appreciate it. it's an honor to be here so so dean who are you you know you where, where'd you come from yeah it just seems like uh surreal that i'm here sitting here yeah. at this at this podcast with you i mean this was a a dream of mine for many many years and um i i think it took a, a pretty big life event in order to get me mm -hmm. to shift and make that move and yeah. i don't know I, I call it my biggest blessing and we'll talk about it later but um i don't know that uh i would have had anything else to make me move off my rock if you know what i mean oh yeah um you know you get comfortable 100%. complacent and um you know i i i call it my my biggest blessing because of yeah. that and, I, and now i'm not only am i here in naples i'm pursuing my my dream my passion uh in real estate and uh, to be all honest uh, not half bad yeah so <laughs> it's been great yeah. yeah exactly modest it would be saying not half bad so yeah, yeah yeah for sure um well let's talk about that that has been something that has been huge in your in your life you you know obviously it's affected yourself your family you relocated um i know a little bit about it obviously getting to know you um but uh Tell the listeners a little bit. It, it was a a, health, uh, a heart defect, um, which required some surgery. So um, how, how did this all happen and how did you discover it? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm no stranger to surgeries, operations and procedures. That's um, going to date me a little bit. But uh, back in 1987, when I was born, uh, they the doctors uh, seen through the ultrasound that uh, I had some issues with my heart. Uh, they were able to pick up that uh, I was probably going to be born with a congenital heart defect, um, transposition of the great vessels, and all that that means for all the cardiac listeners out there is, uh, or those that aren't a cardiac listener, yeah, right, cardiac professional, um, is that the the uh, the ventricles in the bottom chamber of my heart are flip flopped, um, so the left is the right and the right is left, so. Um, by design, your hmm. your the bottom chambers of your heart are designed to do two things. One's to one side's to pump oxygen rich blood yeah. to your body. The other side's to the, your lungs. So <laughs> one side's stronger oh, than yeah. the other yeah. because it's got to got to go go further through yeah. your body. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. mine are switched, so the stronger one is doing the job to to the lungs, and <laughs> so the it's weaker like overpowered. One. Yeah, and one's it's over underpowered. Underpowered. Um, but what that does over time is it causes the ventricle to stretch out. They were able to, through open heart surgery, they were able to repair those. Um, but what that caused was um, I would always have to have a pacemaker mm. all of my life. So mm -hmm. here I am walking around. I don't even know if you knew that, but uh, I, I've always had a pacemaker. People ask me all the time, what's it like having a pacemaker? I don't know. I don't know what a normal heart rhythm right. feels like. Yeah. Um, so 
So uh, when they say that, when you go through TSA, you're like, I'm I'm the one that asked, you know, when they always yeah. like, any pacemakers, you're like, me. Me, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is like, no, 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 no. You're like, I'm the one. Yeah. And, you know, you always get those funny looks from people when you're like this. And yeah. You're getting patted down. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, exactly. What's that guy got? You're like, uh, I got something here in my heart. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, so you had surgery kind of recently, though, right? Uh, yeah. 2019? 2020. Okay, twenty. Yeah, it was supposed to be in 2019, and um, it got delayed because of uh, I got sick. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it was COVID then. I got really, really sick. Uh, mm-hmm. They they weren't able to do the operation then uh, because, you know, it's a pretty significant surgery. Sure. Um, so they wanted to uh, wait, and then it got pushed to January 14th of 2020. Okay. Yep. So uh, I, met, I met with my cardi- cardiologist at St. Luke's in Kansas City. Um, the, the severity and how complicated the surgery was, they referred me to the Mayo Clinic. Um, I got to the Mayo Clinic and, uh, the, the surgeon said, Dean, I'll never forget these words is, uh, Dean, I, I'm afraid you waited too long. And I'm like, look at my wife in the waiting room, like with the doctor. I'm like, what does that mean? I've waited too long. What, what are my options? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm afraid we may have to delay this and just put you on the heart transplant list. Your, your ventricle is so stretched out from your leaking valve. You, it's tried to overcompensate um, due to your heart failure that you're starting to have. And I'm like, when you get that kind of news, you're like, you've played back through all the things in your life you wish you would have done real quick. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy cow. Yeah. There, this is no game. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are in the, in the room and the doctor's just giving us this news and my wife's crying. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to cry. Um, I feel hopeless and I right. feel helpless. And, um, she said, but wait, uh, I know Dr. Duraney is the best cardiac surgeon in the world. Mm-hmm. And if he can't do it, nobody can. I want to talk to him first. Yeah. So we go back to Kansas City, and uh, a couple days later, Dr. Draney calls me. And it's just like, I don't know, it, it's kind of like what you would imagine if you uh, spoke to God mm-hmm. in a way, just like this very powerful, very intelligent, uh, but very kind and compassionate person call you, and you're, you're just like glued to the phone. You're like, give me some some sort of hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, save me mm-hmm, at this point, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and he said, Dean, um, I've done this surgery many, many times. I was looking at the data and the reports. He goes, yours is pretty bad. Um, I've done worse, though, and they're alive still. Um, I would say that uh, you have a mortality rate of about 92 per, or sorry, 8%. You have a mortality rate of 8%, which in cardiology, anything over like four is high risk. Um, so I, I had a 92% chance of living and an 8% chance of not making it out of the surgery. Mm-hmm. He said, but I, I'm pretty sure I can do this. He goes, I need you to come back up here to Mayo Clinic and I need to look you in the eyes and I need to see the fight in you. And I need to see that if I go through with this surgery, when the nurses come into your room and tell you to get out of bed and you got to start walking around, that you're not going to c- complain, whine and moan about it. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it. You're going to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I just told him, I said, if you can do this surgery, there's nobody else that you should put your mo- money on right. than me. I said, I will fight like hell to get this, and I, I'm ready. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he said, you know, we're going to have to break your sternum open. Mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
how everybody's different as far as how the heart receives the surgery because mm-hmm. they have to stop your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when they start it back up is uh, is the unknown of how your your heart's going to respond. Sometimes right. it goes, it spazzes out. And uh, anyway, he said, it's going to be a long journey. It's going to be a long road. It's not, you're going to get buttoned up and go home. Right. So it's not a quick one. No, it's not an in and out. No, it's not a, an outpatient surgery. So that was in 2020. And how long, how long was the recovery roughly? Yeah, so I spent uh, three or four days in cardiac ICU. You'd have to ask my wife the specifics because I was completely out. Right. I was in a a medically induced coma. Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember before I went back, the the surgeon came to get me. This is a moment I'll never never forget either. He came to get me and he said, he looked at my wife and he said, uh, at the time we had three kids and he said, don't worry, I know what's on the line. Mm Mm-hmm. First time I'd ever had the surgeon actually come get me. First time I've actually had the surgeon speak to my wife and give her that promise. Yeah. And immediately I was like overwhelmed with relief. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to be all right. And I just remember telling my wife, uh, even if I'm out of it, just, you know, whisper to me, it went good or it went bad because, you know, everybody was up, it was up in the air. Yeah. Um, And I, I remember waking up and just in so much pain Mm-hmm. but she was the one that woke me up and she said it went textbook. Nice. And then I just remember going <laughs> back <laughs> I'm to sleep. I can relax now. We'll yeah. Sleep for the next four days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I spent a total of three weeks up there in Mayo Clinic and it snowed every day. Oh yeah. So yep. yeah. In Rochester, right? Rochester, mm-hmm. Minnesota. Yep. I won't bore you with my story cause it's not even close, but I, I did have to go to Mayo cause I had a benign tumor that, Long story short, when they first looked at it, they thought it was malignant. And so, you know, made a big kind of a stink out of it, which was not good. Um, you know, obviously scared my mom a lot. And uh, uh, and I thought, you know, it was cancerous for a while, but then went to uh, Mayo and uh, they had to take away all the bone or the tumor and put bone graft and everything and my to be up. But um, yeah, so I know, so I know my Mayo Clinic with you. Yeah, so greatest place on earth. It really is. It's it's amazing what they do there. So yeah. I, I tell people it's like a parachute. You you hope you never need to pull it, but if you do, yeah, yep. you're glad it's there. Exactly. Amen to that. Well, good. So let's transition to real estate because yep. obviously you, you're down here and and you've been slaying it. So. Um, 2021 was your first year um, in business and you helped close around 15 million within your first year. So like, just what would you say to someone now a year and a half, you know, two years later um, after you just got started that all are looking into getting into real estate? What kind of advice would you just say to someone that's, that's getting going? Yeah. My biggest piece of advice is quit listening to people, put your head down and get to work. I think so many people are enamored by, the fear of what somebody's going to say, pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and get the business text for the business call. You know, uh, you you sit there and delay and, uh, you get nowhere. You just spin your wheels. And then everybody in this business, everybody's got an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. And what is going to work a hundred percent of the time is getting to work. (laughs) And, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with that because they, they, don't have the contract memorized mm, or right. they don't have the process figured out because they've never been through it. I'm always, I've always been the type to say yes and figure it out later. I figured I'm smart enough to, to, to figure it out on the back end. Yeah. I just need the work to practice on. Yeah. So, uh, um, powerful. 
So you closed a lot of deals. And one of the deals that I remember chatting with you when we first got, uh, when I had the pleasure of meeting you, um, you had talked about, talked about a, a listing kind of far away, but it was a big listing. Yeah. So uh, what was that one all about? Yeah. So um, I, I called on a, a, a listing that um, was sitting on the market for previously for 1400 days. Um, it was in Isla Mirada, Florida. <laughs> 1400. Yeah. Jeez. So just imagine this uh, first year real estate agent, uh, uh, Colin, and saying, hey, I know your property that you've had listed for $8.5 million has been sitting for 1,400 days. I'm going to sell it for you. Um, I think the guy thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, but I went down there and I interviewed for the the property the guy had no clue that, uh, I was, this was like my first big listing. Right. Um, and we got to talking and he, he brought the listing all the way down to five and a half million trying to sell it and it wouldn't sell. Um, so we came, we came down there and, uh, restaged it. Um, we, we put, uh, we, we did new photos and new marketing and video and, um, you know, he, we got to talking and he's like, what do you think we ought to list it at? And I said, Oh, 8.7 let's go up from where you had it and he's like you gotta be kidding me you are crazy <laughs> and uh so i said uh yeah i i think i think now that the house is displayed the way that it should be we'll sell it and uh within 44 days we had two offers and it ended up closing at eight and a, eight five five wow. so eight million five hundred and fifty thousand wow so that's incredible. Yeah. Now you obviously you drove a lot during that, those uh, those couple months, huh? Yeah. So keys uh, is not that uh, that close. No, unfortunately, it's not, especially by car um, and in season. Um, so one of the value adds that I told him was um, a property that's eight and a half million. You've got to have um, representation on site mm -hmm. whenever you're showing it, whenever you're doing open houses, and it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're going to come for every showing, aren't you, in Naples? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how far is that? And I said, three. It's only three and a half hours. <laughs> so seven and a half hours. And, you know, I'd get one onesie, twosie showings here and there, too. They, mm -hmm. they never came in a batch. Um, of course not. No. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I, I was there for every, every showing of that property. Oh. But I was able to speak to the property and all the nuances of it mm -hmm. and really be able to do what I feel real estate agents should do is mm -hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. You, you are in the, the selling business right? and, uh, you can't do that from afar. Yeah. But if he, if he were to give me the listing, I, I promise him that I would give him that representation. That's awesome. Oh. That's amazing. So it just goes back to show that you, you put in the work and obviously rewarded and the client was rewarded, right? You, you did what he wanted in the beginning, the correct way. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show if he would have hired the right person first, he would have sold it a long time ago yeah. right, and saved the, the money and the time and the effort and whatnot. Yeah. So interesting. An another thing I would uh, suggest is, you know, I get, I get asked all the time, um, Dean, how do I get into the luxury space? You become luxury in everything that you do. Um, you don't show up to the listing presentation or an open house or um, showing appointments in flip-flops and shorts. I know that we're in Southwest Florida but represent your client and your business and your brand as a luxury agent. Mm -hmm. That means dressing the part, looking the part, talking the part, and being mm -hmm. the part. You can't just uh, get into luxury by accident. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You have to be luxury before you can get into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got people that remind me when a, when a crazy deal is starting to fall apart that, Dean, you're, you're luxury. Mm-hmm. Remember, shout out, mm-hmm. shout out to Kelly Roderick for, uh, for keeping me on, on point with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. I love that. Well, you know, we, the podcast, we recorded a lot of these podcasts, the podcast before you said, um, uh, dress for success, you know, and yeah. it, it kind of goes back to that. It's like, um, heard plenty of stories of realtors. I mean that, you know, they had to get a different car or whatnot. And do you have to have the nicest, newest car? No, but you can't have, you know, a a beater, right? Yeah. You can't have, you know, like a clients want to, if they're going to spend quote unquote, 500,000, a million with you, 5 million with you, like, what are they driving around? What are their kind of expectations in a sense is, you know, should you outdo your clients? Probably not. Right. No. <laughs> you no. probably yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't have the Lambos and whatnot, like trying yeah. to drive them around and stuff. It's not very practical, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, you want to be on their kind of same playing field. Yeah. Right? Some, and common ground so interesting um what about farming and you're new everyone says right you said don't listen to people probably everyone told you to farm 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 one on one area and only one area so do you do it not do you like it i always say i farm florida i i've never understood the the whole farming thing i think it works and again that's back to what works for you um i've always been the type to whatever it takes i'm new in this industry I'm not going to turn away opportunity if that mm-hmm. means uh, an eight and a half. Mil- I mean, would you drive to Isla Mirada for eight and a half million? I mean, that that closing check was like three hundred eighty thousand. Would you would you drive that? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so to say that uh, I, I don't go to Isla Mirada because I'm, I don't know, it's too far. Yeah. Uh, I I farm all of Florida. Yeah. 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 I'll go. I'll go as far as Orlando. I've done a deal in Orlando, um, and as far far south as uh, Isla Mirada. Nice. I so. love it. Now, you probably have people that come down and they want to see Florida and they want to live down here. What would you recommend or where do you usually bring, uh, you know, potential clients or clients um, when they're visiting? Yeah. So one of my favorite places is La Playa. Mm-hmm. I like to take, uh, if, if I want to show them a good experience. RIP right now. Come yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. No joke. <laughs> or the turtle club. Yeah. Or, yeah. Another one. Both of them are like, mm. yeah. Um, but amazing sunsets and yeah. having a cocktail or a dinner on the, on the water. Mm-hmm. Um, can't beat that. Um, Shout out to the bevy mm. if you want a good a good old fashioned. Oh, uh, that old fashioned with that bacon. Oh man, uh, that's that's an old fashioned that my wife will even drink. So um, yeah, that's that's where I like to go and really show off. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to uh, take them out on the water too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the greatest things about Naples. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It it is. It's a different world, right? You know, it's um, it's gorgeous out there. Um, and I think that's one of the things people actually get to enjoy year round. You know, you understand, you know, the cold. Um, and uh, I definitely, I was definitely in the cold for a long time. And we boated in the cold, right? But yeah. We only had the few months. And so, you know, being down here and being able to boat, I mean, that's ultimately what my parents wanted to come down here for. It was like, hey, we get to boat all year round. You yeah. Know? Um, now, my fiance, being from Texas, when we get out on the boat during these times, She's like in sweatshirts and stuff in a blanket. And I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> now I'm even in a sweatshirt because I'm used to it. But, um, you know, most people that come down here, they're coming from the cold and like, this is beautiful. And you're like, it's a little chilly right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
But hey, um, we're it's, spoiled, right? It's crazy how your body uh, acclimates to it, right? Oh, for sure. It it ha- it happened way too quick. Okay, like yeah, I came down here and I was like, it is incredibly hot. I cannot stop sweating, like you know, dying. And then I'm like, I mean, we just—I was telling you, we were just in Mexico looking at wedding venues, and it it was 70s. And I was in a sweatshirt yeah. because it was 70s and it wasn't like a hot 70. It was like a cold 70, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is cold. Yeah. And if I were, I was in Kansas still and it was 70, you know, in December, we'd be running around shirtless. Oh, yeah. yeah. Short. I, you know, 40 degrees, 50 degrees after a, a cold winter came around, you're yep. in shorts, you yep. know, like you're running around in shorts, getting stuff done and you're already like warm, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's insane. Um, all right. So you had mentioned taking your clients out, you know, and getting out on the water. What do you and your family, um, like to do on the weekends? Um, or how do you guys kind of disconnect a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's Naples says is it's 270 days of sunshine, uh, on average. Terrible. Um, so that's, that's one of my favorite things, yeah. uh, is you can be outside all year round basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what we like to do. We like to be on the water. We like to boat. We, I like to go fishing, yeah. um, whenever I get to. Um, I've got four kids, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little busy with that right now. It's a busy season. Um, but you know, they, they enjoy the water too. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we do. If we're, if we're not out on the water, we're outside working out. Um, I mean, what a world we live in. It's uh, December what 7th and, uh, I did a workout outside today. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, yeah. So that's, I always say like in the Midwest, you buy the biggest house you can because mm-hmm. you spend four to six months hunkered down in the winter mm-hmm. and you've got nothing to do. So you got to have like a game room, you got to have a, mm-hmm. a court for this or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. In Naples, like you, you don't really need that big of a house because you like us, we're never in it. We're usually in the pool or out yeah. in the water or yep. whatnot. And that's, that's what our kids love. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I get asked all the time, do you, do you have any regrets? And then moving down here and the only regret is not doing it sooner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not sooner. Is exactly. and my, my kids will tell you the same thing. They, yeah. they love it. Yeah. I and mean, they're still wearing shorts to school. I know it is ridiculous. I go back and visit or whatever. And people always like, would you, would you move back? No, no, I'll come visit, but I'm not going to move back. That's right. I love it. Yep. Well, Dean, uh, I wish we could keep talking. We're already out of time. It is, uh, it well, flies we could by. if you invite me to your wedding. <laughs> there you go. We'll keep talking. <laughs> no, that's the worst spot because the person getting married doesn't even get to say hi to people and it flies yeah, that's back. Right. You know that's what I right. mean? Like I was, ta- I was thinking, I was talking to Clarissa about that. I was like, baby, this is going to go by so quick. Oh, like, yeah. You know, we're putting all this effort, work, whatnot to like make this special. And it's going to fly by. You for know? sure. So um, we'll, we'll do we, something outside of it where you can actually have conversation yeah. and not be, hey, oh, hey, you know, same yeah. thing at events. These RP events. I'm, hi. And then like someone else comes, I'm like, I'm sorry, you got to go. And then, you know, it's <laughs> like, you don't actually have, con- it's all the hi, 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 yeah. hi. How are you doing? Good. Okay. I got to go. It's very fluff, fluff, you know? Yeah. But, I didn't even realize you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good. Well, um, thank you so much, Dean, for coming on here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So as always, the RP experience is extremely thrilled to have you on here. We're here at VentureX in the podcast studio. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and stay tuned for the next episode.